0: by Armand Carline O'Hanna, the, the right person in the right field.
1: Armand for the equalizer. This is Kira Donnelly for point number 10. Oh, it's, it's up to Kira
0: McGee to come to the goal. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sideline Eye podcast. This is our preview show, and we're looking forward to the junior and intermediate quarterfinals coming up this weekend. Later on the show, we're going to hear from Peter Nugent and Rory Cunningham as we look forward to the intermediate championship. But first, we're joined by our old player, Connor Martin, and we're discussing his side's chances this weekend as they face Cross McLean in the first quarterfinal of the weekend. Connor, it's back to the Athletic Grounds. You're facing Cross McLean seconds. The last time he was in the athletic rounds was a Friday night in a quarterfinal. Unfortunately, he's just lost out in the end Just were beaten by Fork Hill, who went on to win the junior championship. That was after extra time. It was an exciting game, one of the, the games of the championship probably last year. Are you carrying that hurt into, into Friday night and into the 2021 season? Listen, uh, I,
2: wouldn't, I wouldn't say we were carrying the hurt now, but it, it's always in the back of your mind, you know what I mean? Especially a tight game like that that goes right down to the wire. I believe we had a, probably had a chance to win it in normal time, right at the very death. Probably hurts a wee bit more than that, but you know what I mean? You, you can't really look back on that coming into a brand new championship. It's it's a completely new slate. You're allowed mistakes happen and stuff like that there. We didn't get over the line. Four kill went on to win it, so we sort of looked at it that way. Like, if you're beat by the best, what can you do? They were a they were strong side and thoroughly deserved winning it in the end, and just, just some of their players were probably a wee bit stronger than us in the end. Couple of, couple of decisions during the game and stuff like that. There probably didn't go our way. But listen, you look back at it and you learn from it. And that, I think that's all really you really can do. We're just probably more excited to be back in the athletic grounds as probably the showpiece game of the weekend. The juniors, it's it's going to be tight. But as I say, with a a couple of brand new players in, so they'll not be carrying this team hurt and stuff like that. There. It'll be, it'll be a good experience to them, and we're hoping that we can get over the line this time on Friday night.
0: On Friday night lights, Connor. Um, it's obviously, as you say, it's the pick of the Junior Championship quarterfinals against Cross McLean Seconds. These are two of the top teams in the competition, and after this weekend, one of the big hitters are going to be gone. And We've spoken this podcast before. There's probably four or five teams in the Junior Championship that feel that they can really go on and push on and win this championship, and you and Cross or open cross or two of them. What's it like in heading into this big clash so early in the championship?
2: It's, I think it's a, a case of deja vu because it was probably around the same time that we met Fourkill last year, and it was it was similar the same uh, rhetoric where it was probably one of the big hitters was going to be gone. Then we're just sort of hoping that this year it's us. Now we're under no illusions of the task that's ahead of us. Like you're playing the league the league winners. They'll fancy themselves, they're probably going into it, I would say, favourites. So listen, we can only go out there and play the way we play. If we play our game, to our best strengths, then we're 110% Then we with a chance. But as I say, it's the hunger and desire and who wants it more, I'd say, on Friday night's probably going to win the game. And I believe that our team has that in abundance. It's just where we turn up and do it on Friday night. Uh, we'll decide who wins it in the end.
0: And Cross Maclean, as you mentioned, league champions. Um, the just edge edges out by a couple of points. Um, at the end of the season, there's all Ireland medals in that changing room. They've uh, a O'Neill over them, who's all Ireland when assistant manager with Tony McEntee. In years gone by, there's a lot of talent, a lot of stars, star-studded players in that changing room. Is it a bit daunting going in to meet these these boys and like obviously the one that stands out is probably Paul McGowan, a former All Ireland winning captain. Um, in 2009, I think it was he was the captain. Yeah, listen,
2: I think any cross side that they're going to face is going to be star studded. There's going to be somewhere about there. Less football's their religion down there, and to follow up well. so. <laughs> You can't really, as I say, you can't really look at uh individual players. I think you can have a team of individuals, you can have a team of fifteen that play well together. And I think at the team of fifteen it's gonna it's gonna have a better chance. Listen, no doubt, uh th- they're gonna be they're gonna be key factors, as we believe last time we played four kill, the likes of Jamar and, and Bug were big factors, you know what I mean? It's it, it is what it is, but you don't really I don't think you can really change your game plan much for different players. You go out and play your own game and hopefully we have the players. Well, I personally think we do to get over the line. But as I said earlier, we're under no illusions of the task that's ahead of us. And all you have to do, you're, on, you're afraid Friday night lights and the static grounds, There's nothing better. There's no better thing. And over the last couple of weeks, I know that the buzz in the camp is good and we're really feel it. we can go for it now. We're not going to go in uh, thinking it's going to be anything easy. In fact, we're probably up against it. So, listen, we'll see what tells the tale. People have bad games. You never know. People don't turn up. Listen, it's going to be a completely different uh, game for them, I would say. They're probably used to playing in the sort of bigger games and stuff like that. There we will be a junior game, but we'll see what way it goes. I wouldn't say we would be massively fearing.
0: And I suppose, Hayden, and you sort of touched on it there, are probably underdogs, um, given the strength Cross and Glen have and the names they have. Is that maybe a bit of pressure off you, is that um, all the pressure is nearly on, you know, Rico Kelly, Johnny Hanratty, Johnny McKeever, Pumpkin, all these boys performing when they're playing junior football, you nearly expect them to be superstars. Does that relieve the pressure off our Ogo a wee bit?
2: Yes, uh, 110%. As I say... <laughs> Good set the pressures for tires and stuff like that there, but you have to, you have to go in, you have to go in with a clean state, and you have to, you have to be able to stand up on the big occasions. So probably I would say the pressure is on them. They've been there, done that, got the taste it, as they say. We ourselves would probably are just going to go out and play our own game and enjoy it. I'd say I think I think the the main factor I would say would be to enjoy it. You're 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 going out, uh, you're playing on your county's pitch. You just go out and play your game and be what may, as I say.
0: And we spoke about the league obviously, cross with the league champions, pipped you by a couple of points. Um, how did you find the league season this year? We obviously we were split um, in two, it was finishing off the 2020 season. You were pushing hard for promotion near the end. Um, how, how did you find, um, I suppose your personal form on the team's form during the league? Oh,
2: well. Definitely after the, the break for COVID, we definitely lost a fair bit of momentum. Uh, we lost our first two games, I think, against the Leakes at home and then a to the summon. Probably games that we fought before the break, we probably would have carried our momentum in and won. You sort, of, you sort of lose it a bit, but as sort of every team, you know what I mean? It was a completely different factor that we'd never seen happening. And I think it affected everybody. So you can't, we can't really turn around and sort of blame it on that. We were just probably caught late in the hop and... We tried the club back and we got a couple of good results and legs away to Derry News and stuff. But we just sort of failed towards the end. Now, it sort of gives us championships a second chance for promotion, if you know what I mean. And we really feel that we can be the team to gain promotion. But as I say, it's going to be a difficult, difficult journey. And one that I believe started last week against Cla or started two weeks ago against Claddy, and is probably going to finish. Uh, and with a junior championship, but we're under no, under no illusions as how hard it's going to be.
0: And you had that game two weeks ago against Claddy in the first round, and I suppose no disrespect to Claddy but when the draw was done, um, a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago, maybe at this stage, the big one was using cross. Everybody was picking that out and looking forward to it. Use of that game under your belts. Is that an advantage to you, is having a championship game already played? And I'm sure there was some Cross McGlain boys at your game looking at you and seeing what they can do against you.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I do believe it's, it's handier to get a game under your belt, stuff like that there, so you're not coming in fresh, you know what it's about. And listen, uh, Claddy give us everything we wanted, especially in the second half. We're probably unlucky of hitting the bar right at the very start, start of the second half or it would have been a different game. So it wasn't as if we didn't we didn't have a an opposition up against us. They, they played very well in the second half and uh, probably played with a lot of pride in their jersey. No one wants the the season to end, as they say. So yeah, I, I believe getting minutes in your legs and stuff like that there really does benefit you. But listen, Cross Seconds could be thinking the same that they're coming in fresh. They haven't had that game. Maybe they're they've been working on stuff. They've been working on us, and obviously. Now, I was playing the game, so I didn't really see if there was any cross second and spies there. They could have been hiding in the bushes, but you never know. But uh, they've probably, they're probably seen, seen us probably play well in parts, but probably didn't see our full game. And that can be good or bad for them, you know what I mean? I feel that we just sort of did enough in that round, probably more to come. But as I say, going into those underdogs, they probably feel that they have the measure of us. And that's probably a situation that you want to be in. You know what I mean? It's it's always handier. As you say, it takes a bit of pressure off you. You can go out and express yourself. So it has its benefits, but it also has its negative factors.
0: And Connor, just to finish then, we spoke about this is the big game of the, the junior championship, this is the big game of the weekend. User live on Friday night at half seven, I think the game is live okay. on Arma TV. How good is that exposure for junior football being live in Armagh TV? And anybody going into the game on on um, Friday evening is getting treated to a double header. So I'm sure there'll be neutrals at it too. How big is that to um for junior football to get it out there and get people seeing that it's a good quality? Oh, it's
2: great! It's great. I feel sometimes like it's great to have an intermediate, senior, and junior level in your county. I feel sometimes you're forgotten about a wee bit. But it's great to have that exposure. And I think it sort of it helps, especially the younger generation though coming through the senior team. It gives a buzz around them, you know what I mean? It's nice to see themselves you're on TV, everybody sees you and stuff like that there, especially parents and relatives and also people who can't get there. We have to remember there's still sort of that wee bit of uh, worry about COVID and stuff like that, there, especially amongst the elderly that maybe don't really want to go to the game. But I think on TV do a great job in terms of getting that out and around the people, which they need to be commended for. So like, it is a real positive factor and especially with uh, four and Tully soaring on after, it promises to be a good night.
0: Connor, thanks very much for coming on. As normal, we'll be covering all the junior and intermediate action with previews, match reports, interviews and podcasts and of course our team of the week. Up next is Peter Nugent and Rory Cunningham and we're looking forward to the four intermediate quarterfinals. Connor, thanks again for coming on and best of luck of the weekend.
2: No problem, Sean. Cheers, thanks very much.
0: We're looking forward to an entertaining, uh, entertaining, an interesting weekend of football. I suppose we'll start with Friday night scheme. It's in the Athletic Grounds at eight forty-five. This is a double header, crossing our over, playing in the junior quarter final beforehand. Four kill coming in, extremely untested. I suppose is the way to put it. They hammered at Portmore in the first round. While Tully Sarn just done enough to get past Clare Noag in the first round. Um, Peter, I suppose to start at 845 it was the same time for Katie and Wolf Tones
1: in the first round, it's a late, late throw-in. Yeah, there's Sean, I think uh, preparation and logistical nightmare for, for lads who are maybe on the go from half six or seven o'clock that morning. Um, you know what? You can only make a case for people maybe taking a half day off work, or, or maybe working the full day is the better of the two options? Are actually, um, if you're uh, if you're just looking to sort of kill time and not be not be caught hanging around thinking too much about the game. But there's no doubt it, you know it is a very awkward time. Uh, even the general meet up times for the teams, you know, you're probably going to be tipping in towards sort of. Quarter past seven or so, half seven before teams are even thinking about getting together. So it's a, uh, especially on a Friday night, it is it's a strange one, but uh, you know, the athletic grounds under lights at this time of the year, you know, you sort of offset that with, with the atmosphere that can be generated, and it is not great football. Um, and the team that wins it obviously has a, has a massive prize of getting into the semi final. So look, I'm sure if you ask the players from the other eight teams, uh, that were knocked out two weeks ago with the with the swap places. I'm, I'm I'm sure they would, you know.
0: And right, Forkhill mentioned that massive victory they had over Portmore, um, still untested at this level. Obviously, coming through and um, having played junior league this year after winning the junior championship last year, we'll finally get to see what Fork Hill's made of. I suppose at this level, coming up against an experienced intermediate team.
3: Well, I think it'd be fair to say that I know Fork Hill have been playing a junior this last you know year or so, You know, depending on COVID, what way you count it, you know. but this last season or so really. But a lot of that team has been on the go a long time. You know, the the Stephen Sheridan's, the Barry Shannon's, the Conor Donaghy's, and these boys have been playing a long, long time. It wasn't so long ago that that team was in 1B, maybe, you know, in 2013, 2014. So a lot of these guys have played at, at a good level of football, have been about... Um, I, I think this is one of the most difficult ties to call in the around I think that um, Fork Hill have a lot of quality um, I've played them too many times and come out on the wrong side a lot you know they, they uh, chinned us two years ago in a junior championship when we were probably well favourites after beating them in the league they beat us very very well so they have quality they have championship pedigree you know I think um, they know what it takes to win they had a great championship experience last year they're coming in on a high um, off a good league campaign and uh, a, and a championship win last year, so I think Thorkell is a quality team. They're playing a good side in Tully Tullyshorn, who you know produced the result of the year last year, beating Sarsfields, and have proven that they're quality. Um, and are you know very competitive in two A. So, I think uh, it's all the ingredients for one of the best ties around. The scoring potential in the two teams on paper, the two forward lines are. Electric, you know, so I think, um, I think Tully Sarn would be very foolish to uh, underestimate Fork Hill. They have a lot of experience at this level. And Peter Fork
0: Hill, um, or sorry, Tully Sarn, we're missing a few key men the last day, and we spoke about that, um, on our review show a couple of weeks ago. They're gonna, you'd like to think they're gonna have them back. Turlick Lardner's gonna be back. Owen Daly, Matthew Mallon, um, as I said, the last day, Mark McKeever was sort of forced to come out into the middle of the field to help out. He's going to be inside this this time, and that's a different prospect for Tully Sorn with him inside. Um how how do you see this one going, Peter? We know we we'll, we'll like our predictions. Do you see Tully Sorn's experience coming through here, or can Four Hills bring us praise?
1: Yeah, well, uh, Sean, you know, I've been I've been sort of maybe beating the drum a wee bit about Tully Sorn now. Maybe like for 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 a while, I can remember going there with the Grange maybe maybe two or three seasons ago. And, give gave us an absolute lesson. You know, their manipulation of the ball was very good. The, the movement from deep and um, the ability to break lines. And, and really that season in 2B, the one that had a canter. And it's a lot of the same players. And when I seen them last year in the championship the, the against Sarsfields, they, they were absolutely excellent. It, it was really touched on. It was probably the performance of the year. And I think it probably did them no favours uh, after that because it, it hyped a lot of expectation on them. Uh, and subsequently faltered but you know they're another year down the line. I know their league form maybe wasn't uh too spectacular but you know the, the clans and source in that division as well so so that was obviously going to be you know quite difficult but it was really touched on their forward line uh has immense um capability and I would be thinking and I, I talked about it a few weeks ago I just have a wee reservation that Four killer coming in from playing a couple of seasons now at junior level, and uh, albeit they did win the championship and that win um two weeks ago, but again you would have to raise question marks over the level of the opponent. Uh, and I would just, I don't want anything to happen on the day, in championship day. But my reservation for them would be it is going to be a jump, and I'm going to just think that Tully Sarn might have maybe two to four points to spare here, providing, providing that they come out and express themselves.
0: I think every time we talk on the podcast about Tully Soren, we do mention that Sarsfields game and yeah. that uh, they turn, turned me into a big fan of Tully Soren as well. And uh, I think they let both, both of us down in our predictions in the semi final <laughs> last year. It um, so it'd be worrying enough of them. I think I think Farkhill might just have enough here. I'm, I'm, I know I'm only really judging it on the, the two performances. They both played on the same day um, two weeks ago. Farkhill, obviously, massive. Uh, winners over Portmore, while well, as I said, Tully Soren, sort of limped through their game with Ternog. I think I'm just going to give the edge to Fark Hill um, slightly on the fact of the three county men. Cormac totner was playing well. Tony Canning at the back. Connor donahue I think the key matchup is going to be Paddy Bourne's at centre half back against Galvin Conlon. Conlon is the link man up front. He's he's uh, the one that makes them tick. But as I say, if Mark McKeever goes inside, then that's another threat for four kill. I'm not ruling out a draw. I think I'm just going to slightly tip four kill. Ray. what way are you? What way are you
3: I, I have to say, I I, I think that uh, this will be very very close. I think um, and Furness to Storm, they're probably a wee bit even underrated at the back. They've, they've a quality half of Brand Kelly and Turtle Lardner, and uh, they do have a lot of experienced players. Uh, and uh, Adrian Conan back there as well you know so they will have the ability to match four hills top man up but i think four hill be very competitive um i think tyson may just creep over the line by one or two i think this will be very very tight um as uh, you spoke the uh, if tyson move the ball the way they moved against Sarsfields last year and their kickouts you know they can move, as they manipulate the ball so so well Uh, And I think they'll just have enough Eddie Malin, Mark McKeever and uh, those guys up front might just have enough to pull them over the line.
0: Well, as you can tell by our predictions, that's such a tough game and it's hopefully an enjoyable one to get the quarterfinals up and running on Friday evening. On Saturday, another tight one coming up. This is in PSO Park at half three and it's Kerr Kruppel and Wolf Tones. Couldn't have been much closer in the league between the two. They drew, I know it was in 2020, they drew in the first or second round. Kerr went on and won the league this year. Rory is well the only team to beat them. Um, I know yeah. they had they had the, the league secured by that stage, so I'm not sure they fielded a full team. What do you think of Kerr Obviously, they have such a young team coming through and we've spoke about the likes of Woods, Kelly, um, Richard Keenan all coming through. How do you see Carcropp um, and Fern this weekend and maybe further in the championship if they get through
3: it? Uh, I, th- I think they're a very good team. Uh we we played them twice, um, in twenty twenty and in twenty twenty one. Look, we were we were lucky enough to beat them. I think we came up very well organized in a championship mode. They probably didn't expect us to be coming up, you know, as competitive as we were, and we just caught them on the hop. But it did maybe expose some of. Their, their flaws in that they are very young. They, uh, you know, bar one or two experienced players, you know, Tannen, Kelly, Owen Woods, Jack Cunningham, all their best players are in that under 20, under 21 type, you know, their top, top players. Um, and uh, when, we, when we really get into them, their decision-making, you know, possibly let them down a little. And they, again, it's this game... Uh, A massive clash of styles, you know what I mean? It's a Kruppen team that wants to score, you know, 3-14 every game against the Tones team who are very well organised at the back, very aggressive uh, on play, you know, a very intelligent, a patient, (laughs) I'll call it a patient style of play, but, you know, it's a great clash of styles. Um, um, I do feel that uh, Kruppen have the quality, but... I'm not sure if they've, they've seen to the flaws that cost them against, you know, an experienced St Paul's team last year, you know, where they had the quality going forward to beat them. But, you know, just every time they got a run out in front, they, you know, um, they let them back in. Speaking to the College Land boys last week, you know, I think College Land felt that they maybe left an opportunity possibly behind them. You know, I think College Land played very, very well last week and what, and you know, Krupp and ran out winners in the end. Um so, no, I'm impressed with Kruppen. I just think Wolf Tones' experience is that this is going to be a very interesting game. Possibly being in Pierce Oak Park, a big pitch, might suit Kruppen a little better, although I know Wolf Tones just used to playing on a very big pitch at home. But um, I, I feel that, uh, yeah, Kruppen have a lot of potential, but uh, it'd be very hard to say they're favourites for this game.
0: And Peter, you seen that care Kruppen on College Lawn game. you seen how College Lawn got got success against Karr we spoke about last year, there was a nine point difference. It was three this time. Um, what what would Wolf Tones have learned that, that day? Um, because they, Wolf Tones, I assume, were all at the game because they were already through and knew that they were meeting the winner of Cripple and College Land. What do you feel they would have learned that they can do
1: to upset Kier Cripple? Well, I think, Sean... Firstly, this is, this is one that I'm, I'm having a lot of difficulty with, and, and actually picking a winner here, picking a horse, because obviously, um, you know, I'd, I'd be rooting for, the, rooting for the boys, but I, I've been a big advocate of cropping, I suppose. But I haven't seen cropping the last day. I'd be, I, I as I said a couple weeks ago, I'm more inclined to rein in the hype a wee bit about them. I thought exactly like Ruri sort of alluded to there, they're. <clears throat> Decision making um when it was really put to them and, and that sort of championship intensity was presented by College Land. Um I, I wasn't blown away with them, to tell you the truth. Um I think that they're they're predominantly eighty-five, ninety percent of their teams built up in in you know, with a with very young core to that team. Uh, and in all fairness, they did a, I mean, they did have a couple of big guys that pulled them through, like so Richard Keane and Liam coming out and playing as he as he played, obviously, was was a massive factor. And I think how the tones try and match up and negate uh Blaine's influ- influence in the game is, is going to probably maybe make or break the, the final outcome, um whether they try and uh, negate them all together on kick out situations or whether they trying and maybe go for distance and, and try and go to the opposite wing because he seems to take up a particular side. What the tones probably have in the middle is James Lowry. The last day was was carrying a knock and he didn't finish the game. Whereas you would be hoping that extra couple of weeks now we'll, we'll, you know, we'll have him, we'll have brought him on, we'll have him moving. They're still minus Jamie Hawkey, which is going to be a, a, a big blow for them in this game because they would certainly have been looking to him to sort of carry the game um to cropping. Rory t- touched on it. The tones are extremely patient and it's, well, I would call it a slow build-up and I would love to see them cutting loose a wee bit more and, and, and maybe try and play more first-time ball in because, you know, I do believe that they have the, the personnel up there that could definitely make Make hay against Carrickcroppen. It's it's whether they can sort of break those habits and and get moving the ball a wee bit quicker. I think it's going to be a massive clash of styles. I think the tones have a lot of experience. there have a lot of players that have played at a at a at a higher level than this over a sustained period of time. Like Sir Ram McQuillan, maybe played seven or eight seasons really over the course of his career in Division One senior championship. And James larry as well, Chris McYarn. Like they're they've got boys that have been around the block. Croppen don't essentially have that. So. Whilst you would say on paper, Krupp and maybe look the more attractive team, and the results this year have been have been more eye catching. It's championship football, and you know the tones have been knocking around now for a couple of years, and semi-finals, and and you know when, when I had the boys up in, up in senior football, you know we showed the times that we were very capable of mixing it with a higher level of of opposition. So. I ain't gonna. I am gonna call this one's going to go maybe all the way to to to, to penalties. Um, <laughs> I say that quite 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 reluctantly, but I genuinely do think that Tones a lot of experience and they're not going to give this one up easy.
0: I think based on I haven't seen Carecrupton this year. I'll admit, based on what I've seen of Carecrupton last year and Wolf Tones game against and I don't know. We spoke about it. Peter Daphne wasn't one for the purest. It was. Uh, both sides playing defensively, slow build-ups wasn't um massive scoring either. I think Kerr Cruppen could have enough here. I don't know experience, as you say, Peter, is gonna be massive in this. But I think I'm gonna call it I'm gonna tip Kerr Um I think the momentum's with them, although it was a tight league and Wolf Tones finished second. I think Kerr go going unbeaten while winning the league and then as we said A final game against Clonmore when the league title was already wrapped up. I think they have all the momentum. They're the dark horse in this championship. I think I'm just going to tip them marginally, but with no
3: confidence whatsoever. (laughs) Um, what about you, Harry? How do you see it going? I was just just thinking that only two two uh, teams from two B left. It was a bad week for two B last week. Uh, To be honest with you, I I just feel I think the tones have actually enough to take the swivel line. Um. I've seen Tones play a very particular way. If has seen them in the last couple of years, they're going to play with a sweeper. Uh, you know, I just feel, I know when we played with a sweeper against Kear Cruppen, they seemed very unsure to how we deal, deal with that. They let us have the sweeper in the first half. We built up a healthy lead and then they pushed up on the sweeper in the second half and we were able to pick them off then in the break when they left that bit of space in the second half. I think if the Tones can start with that intensity that they want and get out in front, you know, they have the quality, to say, and um, Potty Judge up there, a couple of those guys, you know, have a bit of quality to pick them off on the break. And if they can play, as you say, Peter, and release that ball quickly, you know, on that big pitch into that four, they have some quality on that full forward line. They have good players uh, and release that ball. And I, I think the tones can nip them there. And if they get out in front with the experience, there's nobody better with five minutes to go than the tones to keep the ball, keep the ball. I've been on the wrong side once or twice. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go for the Tones by two.
0: So, some of us is going to be right. Peter's going draw. I'm going cropping <laughs> and he's going to Tones. Somebody's going to be right. Um, we'll move on to Sunday's action then, man. We're in Cady at half one, and at St Paul's against Colourville. And maybe a bit like Tully saw in last year against Sarsfields, I've become a big fan of them. I think I'm com- becoming a fan of Um, Very impressed with them against Shane O'Neill. Obviously, they were the underdogs going into the game. And, Peter, we spoke about that game um, in our preview the last time, that we didn't really know what to expect with Cullerville. We, we both tipped Shane O'Neill's, I think, if I remember right. Shane yeah. O'Neill's obviously were one of the favourites coming into the competition, while Cullerville having been relegated in the league, not, not playing well, it, it seemed, but their big men stood up. Um, Colin Waters, uh, uh, sorry, Colin Waters, Virgil Rowland, now Rowland, Rangiora, Garvey at the back. All their big players are all stood up, and they're going to give some Pauls a good rattle this weekend. You would imagine.
1: Uh, well, you can only imagine, Sean. You know what? Uh, how the mood's probably been in their camps since since that game um, where they turn Shane O'Neill's over. Like that's a that's a, a massive result. Shane O'Neill's were were seen as a team that would be going again deep into the competition. Haven't haven't been so close for the last four or five seasons. I, it took me by surprise. and uh, probably took yourself by surprise as well. Um, and w- when you're seeing the players, the calibre of player that was stepping up for Colourville on the day, the likes of Nick um, Jarvie and Colin Waters and uh, now Roland Fergal Rowland, like seasoned players, like seasoned players that have been there and done it um for um And, you know, I would be thinking that they have probably, there's been a bit of realisation in their camp uh, over the last couple of weeks that, Talk a big player out of this championship you know you don't get any medals for for, for for helping somebody else in the championship this is probably one that they are looking at now and saying right let's go and let's go and take some Pauls out now because it's it's probably well within the capabilities if you're going and judging them on that performance against Sheonies, you'd be thinking that they'd be well fit well fit to go and take some Pauls out and saying that with Andrew Mernon playing at, at the other end of the field, it gives St Paul's an opportunity every day of the week. and And we were caught um, short on St Paul's last year uh, at different times, uh, thinking that we are going to rule them out. And, and this St Paul's do have this knack because they carry so much experience in the team. They have this knack of pulling results out, uh, especially when they're not fancied. So it would be foolish to totally write them out. And is going to kick, you know, whatever freeze come his way. Patternosh, if he's back, is going to be looking to rein the angles in, uh, on, on top of Andrew Murn. Uh, and and Big Macquarie gives him if he's back, he gives him a platform to go from in the middle of the field. So when you start to go through the personnel then and you think of St. Paul's can get anywhere near to being full out, you know, they're not to be discounted. But I would just be thinking that potentially Coloville will have enough momentum going their way now. And, and if if the few knocks that they have picked up are cleared up, I think I think that they can do it.
0: Brewery, St Paul's obviously got to the final last year and the less said about that, the better probably for St Paul's. They have that experience from last year while they, they beat Middletown where they were expected to beat Middletown easily. They're going to have a couple of players back, the likes of Paternash maybe going to be back this weekend. But Colville are, are in such a high when you you beat a big team like Shane O'Neill's. It can only, it can only do you good coming into this game. The two teams obviously drew the last round of the league, whatever that was, four or six weeks ago. This is going to be a tight game, like all like we've said with all of them. This is going to be very hard to call.
3: Yeah, I, I was I was looking back at the results and I seen that league result. I was trying to get a steer on how Colville was going and the two teams drew, uh, in a game that obviously meant a lot uh, at the time in the league. You know, so the two teams were playing fairly competitively. Um, I, I seen St Paul's uh, St Paul's and Middletown played in Clonmore um, in the Championship so we were down I watched the game uh, and I have to say I was slightly underwhelmed by St Paul's um, I know the quality that they have I've played them for years they, they have a knack of winning games that they should never have been near. You know, the car game last year, the Tully Sound game when they were underrated, you know, completely. So they have that experience uh, to be competitive. Uh, I think they would need to bring their quality players back Um, to be... Uh, Colville have good quality when they're all out. Uh, the Rowlands, quality waters, uh, um, quality players, who play an aggressive style of South Armagh football that is uh, suited to championship football. Um and I feel that whilst I know St Paul's have a lot of experience of pulling in big results um they'll need to be they'll need to be well improved Middletown were competitive but Middletown have had a really poor year a lot of their high quality hurling players you know who, who have carried Middletown for a long time have stepped away um, and St Paul's didn't light up the world you know what I mean uh, against Middletown and took quite a while to put them away so, I feel, I feel that they'll have to improve considerably. That's not to say they can't have done it before, but they'll have to improve considerably and get maybe more out of Andrew Merton. Andrew seemed to be just, uh, and I know he's a top quality player. He has roasted me more times than I'd like to admit. But, uh, you know, he was playing quite deep against Middletown as well, you know, and, uh, you know, he's much, much more effective. We've seen him in a couple of the championship finals, we've seen him turn games on his head and that feeling. And I think they'll really need to uh, move him further forward and drive that quality ball into him. There's a young guy, Anton McParland, in, in corner forward there, who, who's a real live wire if they can get the ball onto him. So that's where they need to improve. That's where, and Petr Nash, a massive miss. There's no doubt about it. You know, Even in the county final last year, uh, Petr Nash was outstanding when all was in flames around him. So uh, they're going to need that quality back to, to win this game uh, and that bite.
0: I think I'm going to just slightly tip Colville if they can handle Andrew Mernon. If he plays full forward, like we know the quality that Andrew Mernon has, he's one of the best forwards in the county. Can Colville deal with him? I know against Shane O'Neill's, where they didn't have, Shane O'Neill's didn't carry the threat that an Andrew Mernon carries. Colville did get, did set up well. They had 12 men at times back and um, played with three up front most of the time. If they can handle Andrew Mernon, I think they're just going to sneak this. Peter, how do you see it going?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with that as well. <laughs> I, I, I can only see... Uh, I can see it being an extremely tight game. and Again, I wouldn't be surprised to see this one goes the distance and a wee bit further. Um, but I just... My hunch tells me that did St Paul's really get enough of a lift from beating the team that they were really expected to, to beat quite well anyway? Um, and I know, I just know from sort of experiences when you're in a changing room where you've, you've got that big bump of taking out a big team, the momentum can sometimes carry you a wee bit further. And I, I sort of, I just have a wee hunch for Colourville on this one. What do you think, Gary? How do you see it going?
3: Yeah, I, I agree with that. And uh, uh, the, the lift of training this week, I know Colourville boys have been bouncing a, a massive win for them. Uh, and I just, uh, I think that while St Paul's is coming in quietly under the radar I think that the momentum will carry Colville through this one.
0: And the last game, then the last quarterfinals, Sarsfields take on White Cross half three on Sunday and this is in Abbey Park. Rory, Sarsfields are the the favourites for the championship. I think they're everybody's favourites. played them in the first round.
3: How did you find them? Were they impressive? Or what did you make of them? Well, I was impressed with Sarsfields uh, and I think... Uh, what what I first of all noticed was that they had learned the lesson from last year, and you know, you could say that that maybe took Tullyshane more likely than they should have. Uh, and in fairness to them, they give us uh, uh, the respect that we deserve. They were more aggressive than us. They played the game with a, a high championship intensity. You know that that uh, that for for Clonmore to have won the game, we would have had to have. You know, outwork them because they have great quality, but they didn't. They, they turned up well organized, very aggressive, um, and I was very impressed with uh, how they set up. Uh, they had uh, Callum Stevenson sitting in very very deep, Kevin McIlinton playing in front of him, who gave us a lot of a lot of bother. A good quality player with the two McKeowns, uh, you know, especially Paul, with almost a free Ryan O'Neill type role. Around the middle, you know, and he roams and he'll go wherever he feels, you know, that he can be most effective. And they're difficult to set, you know, to um, they're difficult to play against. There's no doubt. Uh, and now Kerr at centre half back, I think he scored three forty fives against us as well. You know, they're very efficient from the freeze uh, from kickouts. Uh, they they will go long and they bomb in the middle with with big men. So I was impressed with them. They're organised. Um they were definitely the best team we have played this year now, you know, and they were um, deservedly so. You could see why they were league winners. Um, and I think, uh, barring a slip up, you know, they're, they're rightly favourites for the championship.
0: Yeah, Peter, they're big favourites this weekend. Um, White Cross, maybe not a, a surprise is too strong a word, but they got past Bally Hagen when both of us hit Hagen in that one. Um White Cross coming into this massive underdogs not much expected of them maybe that helps sometimes that there's not much expected of you and you can play with a wee bit more freedom
1: yeah look there and there's no doubt about that And again, game like White Cross are, are coming in with a wee bit of a bump as well um, but you know I, I know that even this year I think Sarsby's played them down in Daitras in the league and it was it was it was a pretty heavy margin of defeat Um and, you know, uh, whilst it's not the be-all and the end-all, it's, uh, you know, league positions, league results are a pretty strong indicator of, of the, the general tra- uh, trajectory that the two teams are going in. And Sarsfields are a Division 1 team in all but name. Uh, Ruri's touched on it and he, he probably got a, a taste of it up, up close and personal a few weeks back. You know, just they're all around level of quality. It's the same crux of the team that was going really well in Division 1 when it was just Division 1, never mind Division 1A. They were, they were always up there for a way they were actually competing year and year to be like a top 3, top 4 team and it's a lot of that same group of players that are still playing and now they're playing at an intermediate level and they're obviously going to be going up next year but you know, you, you would definitely have the feel that they're going to be going up as, as, as champions. That would be my hunch on it um, and I think that you know, this this weekend is going to be another another means to an end for them, and, and, and guarantee them a route into the semi final again. I just can't see past their quality up front. I just, you know, they a bit of an for this level. I think they're an embarrassment. Of the riches up there, and i and, and, and they'll make it stick again. Yeah, I
0: think like they probably have. The, there's no probably about it. they have the best forward line in this championship. We touched on them: the McGilvins, the McLean, Stevenson, um, Keelan Skelton up there too. Like. Rui, really, they, they do probably have the best forward line in the, in the division.
3: Yeah, uh, uh, and depth. You know, a former county player, Mickey Stevenson, came on against us with 20 minutes to go, you know. Uh, uh, so when you're able to bring a player of that quality on, you know what I mean? And that, that speaks volumes. And that are other, you know, young lads that, you know, you or I mightn't know who came on who were quality players, you know. So I, I was impressed with them. Um, I look back at their league results and I'm seen they only beat Sarsfields and White Cross played last year and there was five points in it and this year there was a considerable amount more. Um, i I'm sorry, I, I just feel that White Cross just, uh, they they've really only beat Terranoga in the league this year from, you know, in, in terms of form, you know, so it's going to be a big, big ask for that squad to market. Now, they have some good players with experience, the McShays, you know, uh, and those guys are quality players who have also played a lot of football at seniors. So if they can stay with Sarsfields, you know, for that, uh, you know, 30 to 45 minutes mark, um, maybe Sarsfields will start to feel a little bit of, you know, last year's demons come back to haunt them. But I don't see I don't why Cross being able to stay with them for that period with the, the quality that Sarsfields has up front.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go for Sarsfields as well. Peter, I'm sure you are too. Yeah, full house. Yeah, so <laughs> back in Sarsfields, they'll probably get beat now that we've all agreed on that. <laughs> um, anybody lucky enough to tune in Dharma TV on Saturday or on Sunday for the um, Sarsfields and Whitecross White Cross game will likely hear me and Peter on the commentary. So um, we look forward to that. Peter, my debut as the lead commentator, I think.
1: Yeah, um, no pressure, Sean. I'm sure i end up carrying you anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we'll see how that goes. Um, man, thanks very much for coming on. Um, everybody make sure to keep voting for your player of the week that was released yesterday and thanks again to the player fit who have put up a jersey for the player of the week each week and we will get caught up with the previous two winners as well. Man, thanks very much and we we'll look forward to a good weekend of action.
3: Cheers, Sean. Thank you, Sean. Pleasure to be invited.
0: My car, I know Honda, the, the right person in the right shining light,
2: yeah, you light
1: you so I'm for the equalizer. This is Kira Donnelly for point number 10. Oh, it's, it's up to Kira
0: McGeady, the couple